that indicates that... that this so-called machine is organic in structure, yes. Well, is that possible? Oh, why not? Some crystals do resemble simple virus forms. I wish I could get a bit of it for analysis. Well, if you're right, that means that this whole machine is a sort of living thing. Oh, well, life doesn't necessarily have feeling, you know. Great jumping gobstoppers, what's that? And thank you for joining us on a quick trip through space and time. My name is Caleb. And I'm Mac. And this is a podcast where a Doctor Who beginner and a Doctor Who veteran go through each episode and give their thoughts on it. And today we're talking about the Crotons. Hey, you did it. The Croutons. I was 100% convinced you were going to get the name wrong. (laughs) The Kryptons. (laughs) They go lovely with salads. The Crotons was written by Robert Holmes, was directed by David Maloney, and produced by Peter Bryant. It aired December 28th, which, hey, that's when we're recording, that's fun. 1968 to January 18th, 1969. We're in the 69s. Nice. Caleb, it's three days after Christmas. Here's your late Christmas present. This is four episodes long. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Holy crap. I can rest. I can rest after after the onslaught of sixes and then a fucking eight. But I know that's a short rest. It is a short rest. We got a four this time. We got a six next time. And then we have our last audio one, which is also a six. And then we've got the tenor. Oh, we got this. Oh, we got man. this. We got this. Don't worry, Caleb. We're knocking out the long ones and the audios. Yes. I am I am dying to know the answer to this question. Caleb, given everything you know about Doctor Who and given the title of this episode, The Crotons, <laughs> what do you think this episode's going to be about? I am waiting oh, with a bated breath. <laughs> The Crotons. So much to work with. So much. There's so much to work with. And it's not even like the invasion of the Crotons. No. The the Crotons buy a bar. (laughs) (laughs) The gang gets Crotons. (laughs) You said in the last episode that they're, they're trying to get that lightning in a bottle magic from the Daleks. Yeah. So, my prediction is... Because, you know, Ter- Terry Nation was still trying to pitch his his show in America, so they were like, well, let's just make the Daleks, but again. And they just... Man, they fail miserably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to say that the Doctor is still trying to fix the TARDIS after the events of the Mind Robber, and they need a new power supply. So he's going to borrow one from this planet called Croton. And it ends, in, and Croton has the unfortunate fate of Krypton. And it ends up destroying the whole planet, and the Croton, the remaining Crotons, and, <laughs> swear an undying feud to destroy the Doctor and everything he loves, like, they, like he did to them. 
you know that's not bad <laughs> I, I won't lie to you that one's a, that one's pretty good i'd watch that episode i genuinely have no idea what this story is about so i have no idea how right you might be but that sounded pretty good <laughs> do you not know just because you've forgotten or is it like a deep repression of like i really cannot unpack what i went through so i have to just pretend it doesn't exist i genuinely forgot i genuinely have no idea what this episode's about mac if i'm traumatized by this episode i'm gonna be so angry <laughs> I know what the Crotons look like, though, and they're dumb as fuck, and I'm really looking forward to you <laughs> reacting to them and trying your best to try and describe what they look like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But uh, on that note, we will see you all in the future. Let's get going. And we're back. May have just been a couple seconds for you, but it was one week for us. So did you see what I mean about how they were trying to recreate the success of the Daleks again? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can see it. They tried so hard (laughs) and got so far. (laughs) But in the end didn't even matter boy oh boy i will i will go ahead and give you this little fun fact for my general opinion of the crotons i just looked at my ranking and there are eight episodes lower than it on my ranking list and nine episodes higher so it is basically smack dab in the middle of my (laughs) ranking list i don't know where i would put it on the list surprise i mean you have majors yet so I didn't hate it though. I didn't hate it. I thought it. I thought it was pretty good for the most part. There were there were a couple couple of things I had some issues with, but for the most part, I thought it was pretty decent. Uh, it's not gonna crack my top five or anything, but whereas like uh, there's been a lot of episodes, especially lately, where I I can't just have no opinion on it. Mm-hmm. There's things I like about this episode, and then other parts that are just hilariously bad. <laughs> yeah. Here is one piece of trivia note. I'm glad that I caught this because I almost didn't. With this episode, with the Crotons, Jamie has officially been the longest-running companion in Doctor Who. Woo! I- Ian and Barbara had 16, and this is his 17th. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Jamie, don't ever leave. <laughs> yeah, and it really depends on your perspective and definitions of companion, but Jamie will hold this title for a while, in case that's not obvious. <laughs> As you know, we have a very strict definition of criteria. They have to be in the TARDIS, and they have to commit some form of genocide. Yes. Which, again, that does fit for some companions and doesn't fit for others. (laughs) (laughs) So what you're saying is our criteria is not strict enough. Yes, yes. It needs to be far more specific. <laughs> and the last, cri- the l- we'll just have like 27 different very specific criteria that they need to meet. And then the last criteria is they have to be named Jamie McCrimmon. <laughs> Jamie is the companion to end all companions. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> but yeah, we've kind of already gone over just like a little, a little hint of our thoughts. But sh- so should we just go ahead and go right into it? Yeah, I guess let's just dive right in. Hell yeah. I feel like my description for episode one is like egregiously long, but 
there, there's actually kind of a lot to cover. So. Yeah. All right, let's do it. The Crotons, episode one. The episode opens on the planet Gons. Get ready to hear that word a lot. And there is some weird ceremony going on. A man named Saurus announces that the two brightest students have become the new companions for their masters, the Crotons. When Vana is announced as one of the companions, a man named Thara steps forward to defend her and stop her from going. The TARDIS materializes some ways off. The doctor notes the desolate wasteland and the strong sulfuric scent, and he picks up a piece of mica and puts it in his pocket. While wandering around, he and the companions find a strange machine. The doctor grows nervous after examining it, and they all retreat. A moment later, a man, the other chosen companion, steps out of the machine. He seems dazed, but then a pair of gun barrels emerge from the machine and disintegrate the man. After somehow wandering into the Gond complex and picking a fight, the Doctor and his companions watch as Vana is ushered into the machine. They rush out to save her, and Thara follows them. They just manage to stop Vana from being disintegrated, but she seems almost comatose. The Doctor takes her back to the city, and there, Celrus explains that they have served the Crotons for generations after the mysterious race nearly destroyed their planet. Meanwhile, Thara rouses a band to smash the Croton machinery, but a mysterious voice calls out and tells them to stop. When the Doctor arrives, a mysterious snake-like eye emerges from the machine and sets its gaze on the Doctor. Wow, you're right. A lot does happen in this in this episode because I could have sworn a lot of the stuff that happens at the end of this happens in the next episode. But you're right. It's all in this one. <laughs> nope, it's all in this one. So this episode's actually pretty good. It moves along at a good clip. It is. There's some good world building, I guess, even though the Gons are just not as bad as the... A- what are the aliens from the Dominators called? Um, Dulcians. Dulcians. They're not as bad as the Dulcians, but they're they're teetering the line of that maybe they deserve to be slaves. <laughs> they're not... Whereas the Dulcians were, like, aggravatingly peaceful, the, um... What are these? The Vons? The Gons. The Gons. They're just dumb. Yeah. They're just dumb. That's, that's, that's all... That's their biggest issue. They're a, they are a dumb caveman-esque race that was given technology by an advanced robotic species so like that's kind of their whole thing is that they're cavemen with beakers (laughs) again teetering that line on deserves to be enslaved (laughs) (laughs) by the end of this podcast you're just going to write an entire dissertation of who should and should not deserve to be in slavery (laughs) (laughs) Basically, when the companions first arrive, I kind of I kind of like the moments that they have before they arrive at the the gone city, because it kind of just feels like, hey, we've just landed on this alien planet. It's kind of weird. Let's just go exploring for the sake of exploring. It feels like it's been a while since we've had that. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a hot second because like usually we come out like it's immediately into the action. But no, it is a. I mean, the doctor gets an umbrella and everything. Lift yeah. that umbrella, though. Yeah, not kidding. <laughs> but yeah, but like, I like how they get the doctor kind of gets out and he's like, "Oh man, two suns, it's gonna be hot." Pulls his umbrella out, <laughs> um, and then they talk about how bad it smells. I I feel like Jamie and Zoe have an interaction, but I cannot remember for the life of me what they actually say. Uh, but I really appreciate. In general, in this story, they kind of lean into Jamie being a big dumb idiot. <laughs> Well, he's found his people. Like, I'll say that in terms of just, like, quality of story and everything, this episode kind of reminds me of The Savages. And 
in a similar way, I would kind of buy it if Jamie stayed here. <laughs> yeah, like if Jamie if Jamie roused the gods and became their godlike champion. Yeah, I would buy that. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, after they come explore and they see this machine and they sneak in, they somehow sneak into the Gon City. Uh, Jamie is just like, uh, they get confronted by this like guard, and the doctor goes to say something. Jamie's like, no, 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 let me handle this, and just starts fighting the guy. Yeah, and like the guard has this. What does he have? A spear? Does he have a knife? It's like it's like an axe. Yeah, he's got like an axe, and one of the other guards like offering Jamie an axe, so it's a fair fight. And Jamie's like, Nah, 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 I got this. (laughs) He just goes barehanded. (laughs) That was pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, just no questions, fist first. What's what's the name of the guy who didn't? I. I'm not going to lie, Caleb. I had a really rough time with all the names. Like I know the characters. And I have some of them written down later, but for right now, I do not remember names. What's the name of the guy who doesn't want the girl to be sacrificed? Thara. Thara. When Thara started uh, talking and like wondering why it is we were constantly listening to what the Crotons have to say. Why do we have to – why do they never come out? What What's even going on in there? I'm like, oh, hey, look. It's the free thinker who will either die or join the companions. <laughs> <laughs> it's spoiler. Neither of those things happen. <laughs> well, I mean, when I mean join the companions, I mean, like, he's oh, going to be like, de facto member of the team during this story. <laughs> oh, fair enough. <laughs> during that sequence, when he's, like, arguing with uh, the leader, who is his father, which is 100% irrelevant. It really is. He says something along the points of, like, I won't let you take her. And, like, he stands, like, super close to her. <laughs> and I just thought, dude, back the fuck up. He's, like, right up against this girl. <laughs> And, like, they're supposed to be lovers, but, like, it's it's weird. He's standing uncomfortably close to her to not be talking to her. And it's really funny because they're like, no, she must join the Crotons. And, like, she's right behind him going, like, yeah, I must join the Crotons. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> and he pulls out his axe like he's going to fight off his entire fucking civilization. <laughs> and she's like, dude, this is entirely unnecessary. This man is thirsty. I mean, I guess it's a point in her favor. This is the least stupid outfit Zoe's worn so far, and that's sad. Yeah, that's sad. It's like, uh, it's a very glossy miniskirt dress. Yeah, it's like a glossy, plasticky, latexy type skirt. And then she's got a jacket on that, like, along the seams, it's like circles that almost look like crudely drawn flower petals it's really fucking weird and yet it's the least weird outfit she's had so far (laughs) doctor who writers from 60 years ago stop trying to make me (laughs) horny for zoe it's not gonna happen it's not gonna be a thing and uh then the the girl is heading into the croton's machine and zoe asks if she's being sacrificed and the doctor says no no i don't think she's being sacrificed they're far too civilized for that and I was like, man, there's a lot of assumptions in that one statement, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. When he said that, I was like, doctor, they have stone axes. What the fuck are you talking about? Are they civilized because the leader has a weird pointy shirt? I guess because they have automatic doors, which means they have technology, which I don't know. It's an extreme leap in logic. But then they rush out to save her. Well, well hold, hold on just a minute. Because there, there, was, there was a line... 
I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but there's a line that kind of made me laugh because the, they they all say, "Oh yeah, we just came from outside. We just came in here from outside," and they're like, "That's impossible." They said, "You came from the wasteland. No one goes into the wasteland because it's poisoned and you'll die." I was like, "I see a slight contradiction here." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the doctor basically says that he's like, "Oh, like it might have been a long time ago, but like we're fine." <laughs> well, I can assure you, I'm not dead. I haven't been dead for quite some time. And then they rush outside to save Thara because they watched the guy get disintegrated and they don't want the same thing for her. I said Thara. Her name's Vana. It's really hard to get their names together. <laughs> uh, there's Vana, Thara, and Salris, and then everyone else like literally looks the same. Yeah, so, they really do. Uh, which is a critique we have a lot. <laughs> but also, like, their casting is kind of on point if they want to make, like, a cohesive people. My bet is that they cast the specific roles and then they just cast all the runners up as the extras because they they fit the profile of what they were looking for <laughs> it's just they weren't <laughs> as good as actors <laughs> hey man a job's a job <laughs> uh so they say vana uh she looks like she's in a coma and then back in the city salaris explains to the doctor that um uh, basically the crotons came down to the planet a thousand years ago and fucked them up real bad and now they got a send companions to the Crotons because they're their masters. And the doctor's like, oh, well, that's just self-perpetuating slavery, which instantly, not the only time I'm going to reference Rick and Morty in this episode, <laughs> but that's just slavery with extra steps. <laughs> Specifically, what he said when he talked about the, the war with the Crotons, he says that um, silver men descended from the sky. And I was like, oh, God, silver men from the sky. It's the Cybermen again. <laughs> <laughs> no. When when they first rescue what's her butt, Zoe asks the doctor if he can do anything to help her, and he says, "I'm not a doctor of medicine, Zoe." I'm like, I could have sworn you said that you were at some point. I know you've done medical shit in the past. Isn't that like the whole plot of the arc? Yeah, the the arc, and I like. I know we've had this discussion before, where we were trying to remember other times that the doctor has done medical stuff, but we could only remember the arc. Like, that's <laughs> <laughs> that's how recurring this is. I thought that too. I was like, I'm not Dr. Messon, Zoe, except when the writers need me to be, and then I am. <laughs> then I suddenly have this MD. Oh, look, I forgot to look into my pocket. Here's my MD. I do like that now that they actually have, like, evidence that the crotons are people uh they're not going along blindly with the crotons like a couple of them are like oh man my faith has been shook but like most of them are like man fuck the crotons and thar's just ready to jump on it like he capitalizes on that immediately (laughs) when people are mad they're like yeah we're mad you know what we should do we should break everything speaking of which i do appreciate that they just built this set specifically so it could be destroyed. <laughs> Appreciate it. Probably the last thing they filmed. <laughs> Probably. And then the doctor is trying to get them to stop. And he says something that just, it was really funny. I can't explain to you why it's funny, but it's really funny. He, he shouts at them and say, these crotons must have enormous scientific powers. You can't defeat them with axes. I don't know what it is, but the the phrase enormous scientific powers and you can't defeat them with axes. I don't know what it is, but it made me laugh and I can't adequately explain why. 
<laughs> I think it's because it's a it's a great contrast to what happens in a lot of the episode because Jamie and Zoe or not Jamie and Zoe, the doctor and Zoe get swept away because they're super smart and the Crotons want them. And Jamie just kind of muscles his way into the plot of the episode. <laughs> like quite literally. Jamie doesn't have a place in the episode, so he's just like, nah, fuck you, I'm gonna be in the episode anyway. <laughs> It's literally just the Zoe, Zoe and the Doctor are just being smart and figuring stuff out with like math and junk, and Jamie is just breaking things. <laughs> and we love him for it. The great lesson of this episode is actually most things can be solved with axes. <laughs> most things can be defeated with axes. As it turns out. But yeah, that's all I have for this episode. Yeah, that's all I have too. I have a question, Mac. Hit me. This is maybe getting into air quote spoiler territory about the rest of the episode, but uh. Why didn't the gods just leave? Like, once they knew the Crotons were killing him, why didn't they just go somewhere else? Or not near the machines? What, what could the Crotons have done about it? The Crotons couldn't have done anything except that for the past, what, cent- couple centuries? Couple millennia? I don't remember how long the Crotons have, have been in charge. The gods have believed that the wastelands have been poisoned, so, like, they haven't even, like, explored at all they have no idea what's beyond their city i mean like i guess they can take their stuff and go that direction if they really want but um they have no guarantee that it's there's not going to be just like a giant lion with a crocodile head that's going to eat all of them or something i don't know (laughs) now that's cool that's the episode i want to (laughs) see well just just so the viewers know at home there's actually literally nothing the crotons can do about anything which I find really hilarious later on. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading episode two now. Do it. The weird snake thing kills a gond and goes back into the machine. Thara wants to keep smashing things, but Salrus orders them out when the voice tells them to leave. After attending Devana some more, the doctor learns more about the gonds and their advances in chemistry, but little understanding of electricity. The Crotons seem to be engineering them for a specific purpose. Zoe and the doctor leave Jamie in charge of Vana while they head to the Hall of Learning. There, Zoe plays with the machine and performs very well on a series of tests. Salrus then gets an alert saying the Crotons have selected Zoe as their new companion. Panicking, the doctor also takes the test and is selected as a companion. The two enter the machine from before and find, a, find another machine with two seats. After sitting, they have their mental, their mental energy drained, which seems to power some sort of apparatus on the machine. Jamie is furious when he learns that th- when he learns that the two have been put in the machine and tries to break into it, but the Doctor and Zoe manage to escape without him. The Grotons, now awake, allow Jamie in and capture him. I said the word machine a lot in that description. <laughs> There's just something about these last three episodes. It feels like the first episode was a remastered version, and these three definitely feel like someone's vhs recording yeah it just has that 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 grainier texture to it you know what i mean yeah it, it's real textured <laughs> uh i 100 see what you mean yeah my next note is zoe zoe hun dear um you know how this civilization has been indoctrinated to obey the crotons and how the crotons have been guiding the gon's knowledge for generations using these these learning machines you do. Oh, good. Follow-up question. Why the fuck did you just start using the learning machine? <laughs> just to prove you could. 
you little shit. The best part of this whole sequence, though, is like, Zoe does it, and it's like really easy for her. Uh, she gets picked as a companion, and the doctor's like, oh, well, I need to become a companion, too. And then he fucking fails the test, like, four times in a row. I wrote down that the doctor using the learning machine has the same vibe as my mother learning what an Excel spreadsheet is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big, big print-a-PDF energy. <laughs> but yes, uh, after after she does the machine, and then there's, like, this huge gong to uh notate that the crotons have something to say there's this huge gong and then i love this line delivery the doctor totally straight face just looks up and says great jumping gulp stoppers what's that (laughs) 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 instead of like acting surprised like great jumping gulp stoppers what's that it's just oh great jumping gulp stoppers what's that (laughs) i love i love the line delivery it's great was that a little ding i heard (laughs) And then at one point, I think it's after they go into the machine, Zoe says, oh, this is all my fault. And I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad we agree on something. <laughs> <laughs> at least at least you know, Zoe. Um, at this point, they have left Jimmy th- behind. The doctor basically said he was too dumb to be involved. <laughs> yeah, they just leave him behind without even, even trying to leave a message behind for him saying, don't worry, this is all part of the plan. It's a good thing Jamie doesn't have abandonment issues. Otherwise, this would be very traumatizing for him. <laughs> Caleb. Stupidest alien design? Now, see, the Quarks and Chumblies are definitely up there. But, I don't know, in terms of, like, primary villain, it's a strong contender. Yeah, it's... Yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm not gonna say. I'm gonna say it's the worst robot design, not the worst alien design. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be with you on that one. There are obvious Dalek ripoffs that even have some weird arm apparatus thing that just seems to sit there. Would you like to uh, paint a mental image for our lovely listeners at home as to what the fuck the Crotons look like? Uh, all right. All right. All right. Rick and Morty reference number two. Do you, uh, Mac, have you seen Rick and Morty at all? I've watched a little bit. I, I think almost all of Rick and Morty I've watched, I've watched while over at your house. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Do you know the gearheads? Yes. They're humanoid, but they're boxy and like they're see through and I can see their intestines are like cogs. And yeah, stuff. yeah, 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 the yeah. The mouth yeah. is like a cog. Yes. They're kind of, they're kind of like that. But instead of a regular head, they've got a big Final Fantasy crystal for a head. That spins. <laughs> that spins around. Uh, but yeah, but they just look like big squared off cogs with a crystal head and a Dalek plunger. <laughs> yeah, basically. Now, you only see this a couple of times. You only get like a full body shot of the Crotons a couple of times. But they also have skirts. Like their entire lower body is just like a drapery to hide the, oh, hide yeah. the legs. Because... <laughs> The costume designers didn't really make specifications of the measurements, so it ended up being not the right size at all, but they didn't have time to, like, add to it. So they literally, <laughs> so they literally did just, like, floor-length skirts to hide the legs that were holding up the rest of the thing. What if we just get some cardboard and we cut it to length through the floor? Fuck it, we don't have time. Take down the curtains. <laughs> Then I posit the question, who would win in a fight? A super advanced crystalline robotic race or Jamie with a lead pipe? <laughs> we all know the answer there. Because <laughs> he tries to like attack them with the lead pipe. And uh, 
and I was like, my money, my money's on the Highlander. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite part of that is like, so Zoe and a good chunk of this episode, Zoe and the Doctor like being subjected to the machine, mm-hmm. and then them getting away from it. It's it takes forever. But they get away, so they're heading back to the TARDIS. Meanwhile, Jamie is trying to break into the machine. And the Crotons are awake and they're like, we need to abduct another one to chase down the other two. And they're like, that one seems smart. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Crotons, you're in for a rude awakening. <laughs> yeah, and then they try to do the uh, the brain drain move that they did with uh, the Doctor and Zoe earlier. <laughs> and I just quoted Billy and Mandy. I was just like, poor thing's going to starve. <laughs> uh and spoiler alert they basically said at the start of the episode they're like it's not doing anything <laughs> that's all i have for this episode yes absolutely episode three when shit gets real off the rails <laughs> the crotons interrogate jamie and about half the episode is them info dumping on him about their species or whatever zoe and the doctor head back to the tardis so they can experiment on a sample they got from the machine a man named elik leads a rebellion and becomes the new leader of the gons one of the Crotons heads out to retrieve the Zoe and the Doctor, while the other explains to Jamie that they are needed to fuel something called the Dynatrope. Zoe and the Doctor learn the substance in the sample is mostly tellurium. The Croton arrives and tries to catch them, but its GPS breaks or something, and it destroys the TARDIS instead. But the TARDIS reappears in a different spot a moment later, apparently preserved by some security measure. The Doctor returns and gives the lead scientist Beta instructions on how to make a chemical cocktail to destroy the Crotons. Selrus organizes some guns to attack the support underneath the Dynatrope. When the Doctor arrives and comes down to see the ruckus, the ceiling appears to cave in on him. Did you mention the the scientist, Beta, at any point? I sure did. Okay. I must be annoyed because his name is Beta, and I cannot, I cannot, no one can criticize me for the way I say anything when the British out here are saying fucking Beta. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, the rebellion comes to Beta, and are uh, needing his assistance because he's the smartest person in the village, but obviously not like top two smart. Otherwise, he would have brought, been brought into the Croton machine. And he's basically like, oh, cool. You're all fucking idiots for trying to pick a fight with the Crotons <laughs> because the, the Gons don't think for themselves. They've been followers for so long. And the only knowledge that they have was given to them by the Crotons. But there's a lot of evidence that shows that the Crotons didn't share all of their knowledge. So the Crotons are just whatever the Gons can think up, plus. There's no scenario in which the Gons would win in this fight. Mm-hmm. Then at one point he says, we've been slaves for a thousand years. Do you think you can save us in a day? And I kind of really like that line. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, Beat is a pessimist. He's cool. <laughs> He's a pessimist in the way that it's like, if you do this, at least hundreds of people will die. Don't do this. He's the kind of pessimist I can get behind. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of went off the rails a little bit in, in my notes. Uh, because there's the conversation between Beta and I forget who else. But uh, they say, Elik is a patriot. And then Beta says, it's not patriotism to lead people into a war that they cannot win. And I was like, I have so many things I could say about that, but I won't. (laughs) All I will say is that I don't trust anyone 
who calls themselves a Patriot. And yes, that does include the New England Patriots. I've got my eye on them. (laughs) (laughs) I do not trust football. (laughs) A good chunk of this episode is that Crotons just fucking expositioning onto Jamie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because they're literally like, after the little mind blast thing doesn't work, they just start interrogating him about the doctor. And he's all like, Oh, so what's your deal anyway? And they just explain their whole fucking species to him. We haven't had anyone to talk to in so long. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, so you're telling me this. And they're like, yes, here's two more minutes of exposition. It's like they're Mass Effect characters. It's like, tell me about your species. Well. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Mac, you're the voice actor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Give give the listeners at home a, a, what do the Crotons sound like? I'll be honest, Caleb, I'm not even entirely sure I remember. I remember one of them had like a very thick accent, which you'd think you would try to get rid of if you were trying to sound robotic, but it didn't. I honestly, I'm sorry to fail you, Caleb. I honestly don't remember what they sound like. Mac, all these times of you doing like pretty good impersonations of like the weird speech patterns of these aliens and you didn't prepare for the protons. I'm sorry. Okay, viewers at home, I'm going to try and paint a mental image for you do you remember in like mac have you seen the movie alien yes okay so you know when like the computer when they're like beep boop and stuff in the computer and like it's loading stuff on the screen and it goes sure okay well that computer loading sound is like showing words on the screen it's how the crotons sound except that instead of it being like a monosyllabic they're actually saying words so it's like we have to get the doctor. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. It's insanely obnoxious. On the note of Croton speaking, though, the Crotons have explained that they can't actually, like, die necessarily if their bodies are destroyed on a non-subatomic level. They can just kind of be renewed into a new crystalline form. And the Crotons are, like, debating on whether they should kill Jamie or not. And Jamie says, I can't be reanimated. Why kill me? And the Croton says, all waste matter must be dispersed. That is procedure. And I'm like, did that Croton just call Jamie a piece of shit? <laughs> Jamie, you're just a big turd. <laughs> uh, and then I couldn't get over the fact that like one of them appears to have their GPS broken when they confront the doctor and Zoe. Yeah, it's like one of them is staying behind on the ship and like telling the second one like, directions and like when to turn and like where to fire but like he's seeing the other crotons perspective like on the screen so like can the second one not see that why why can't he see that i was like they don't seem super intelligent which doesn't really explain how they need four really intelligent things to power their stupid spaceship (laughs) because like the lead Croton is like, shoot them. And the other Croton's like, where do I shoot? <laughs> Which, by the way, he shoots and then, air quote, destroys the TARDIS. And then the TARDIS just re- rematerializes nearby because the doctor remembered to put on the uh, the HADS. Uh, which is like something that's like, if the TARDIS is threatened, it automatically dematerializes somewhere else. And... The TARDIS being destroyed, but then, oh no, don't worry, it's fine, really seems like it would have been used for the cliffhanger of this episode. Yeah, and it wasn't. It happens like halfway through. 
Yeah, it's really weird. That part really pissed me off. Mostly because, like, the Tars is destroyed, it, re- it rematerializes. And so it's like, Doctor, did you remember, did you know that was going to happen? I was like, yeah. It's like, I, it's the HAD system. It does this. Like, it it makes it look like the Tars is destroyed, and then it rematerializes. <laughs> and then she goes, could it do that the whole time? And he goes, when I remember to turn it on. And that just made me really irrationally angry. <laughs> Why don't you always have it on? <laughs> In what scenario do you turn it off? <laughs> it's also because, like, the TARDIS being destroyed is such a pivotal plot point in, like, all the episodes before this. Yeah. Like, the mind robber, for instance, when it literally <laughs> scatters. Yeah. That made me angry. <laughs> I feel like the TARDIS... I'm gonna keep learning stuff about the TARDIS. I'm gonna be like, it could do that the whole time. I'm just angry now. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> then my last note for the episode is rocks fall, everybody dies. Yeah, because that's basically what happens. These two middle episodes kind of drag. A little bit. Yeah, it's weird. I don't think the four episode structure. I don't, I don't know if any of the episode structures work. <laughs> to be totally honest. Don't worry, Caleb. Eventually we'll get to just one singular 45 minute episode. Only 20 seasons to go. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's not until New Who, but, like, we will get there eventually. <laughs> yeah. We, we will get to the the really bizarre episode structure that's two 45-minute episodes. It's like that for a while. It's kind of weird. Anyway, I'm reading episode four now. Okay. Uh, which I realized after I wrote it, because, it, spoilers, Mike, I don't typically write these right after I, wa- right after I watch the episode. No. No. <laughs> Uh, this one I did, though, and I realized after I wrote it and after I checked TARDIS Wiki that, whoopsie-daisy, I t- did not even mention half the plot of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> I basically skip right to the end. So it's a good thing that you don't write these immediately after <laughs> watching the episodes then. <sighs> All right, so here we go. My f- episode 3.5. <laughs> <laughs> After pulling the Doctor from the rubble, Thara is also wounded in the rockfall. Once they head back to the Gone City, the Doctor works with Beta on the poison for the Crotons. Then they are brought to the Dynatrope, where the Crotons do some info dumping about why they are stranded on Gond. They need four high-intelligence minds to power the Dynatrope, but the Gons were just too stupid to power it. They plan on exhausting Zoe and the Doctor's mental fortitude to get off the planet. After playing dumb and giving Zoe a million signals, she dumps the poison into a tank the Crotons seem to use to breathe. Naturally, they die, and the two leave just as the ship and the Crotons disintegrate. With everyone resolved and happy, the Gons hope the Doctor will help them build a better society. But the Doctor and his friends have already left. Was that your recap? Yes, that was my recap. Okay. There's Because there's about ten minutes of, like, political drama, of, like, Salris arguing with Elis or whatever. I was going to say, I have a lot of notes about uh, Elik being a little piece of shit, but you didn't mention any of any of the stuff I was going to talk about. I didn't. <laughs> I, uh, the, the Doctor gets saved, c- hard cut to the Dynatrope with the Crotons. <laughs> I, I guess I just didn't care. <laughs> I want to know what this little Gond Rebellion was expecting. The original leader had a plan to defeat the Crotons without actually having to fight them. He was going to use acid like at the base of the at the base of the ship, uh, but then that caused the cave-in. And then the rebels were pissed at the former leader for trying to attack the Crotons like that because people got injured. And I'm like, asshole, that's what you were going to do. But 
That's literally what you were going to do. He just did it in a smarter way. <laughs> with less axes. Also, an important thing. This is the weird thing that I remember about it. Elric or Alric, how, however you say his name. Elric. He wants to he wants to destroy the Crotons, right? Or yeah, he, he wants them out of gone life. And the moment the Crotons emerge and they're like, we want the Doctor and Zoe. He's like, okay, I will betray them for you. Yeah. And it's, it's really funny because this is like the first time any of the gone like they don't even believe that the crotons even really exist so then when the door just like opens and there's a croton right there pretty much the entire rebellion is just like just like frozen looking at the robot looking at elik looking at the robot looking at elik and i was just like well go on elik there it is go get your fucking slingshot i'm sure you can take it out and then the crotons are like yeah we'll take these two people and then we'll and then we'll leave and elik is like Okay. <laughs> Fair just, deal. Yeah, just like nah, nah rebellion. Pfft, nah, this isn't this isn't a rebellion. We didn't wanna we didn't wanna fight you. Here you go. Here's here. Take a whack at Weezer. <laughs> All my friends love the Crotons, right guys? Y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh oh Crotons! No, 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 no. We, we we said we hated croutons. No, no, it's alright. You're good. You're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So yeah, and then uh, the main leader gets disintegrated when he delivers poison to the doctor. Yes. <laughs> He's like, here, doctor, I found this for you. And just instant, instantly sh- death. Instant death. And then the Crotons don't even, are like, aren't even like, what did he just hand you? They're just like, ugh, gross. We got, there's a bug in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't, they don't acknowledge Because like, he, it's not like a subtle thing at all. Like he very hand, obviously hands him like this huge bottle. <laughs> Yeah. And then I don't I don't like the way the rest of this episode goes because the doctor is for some reason rather than just doing it himself like trying to nudge the bottle to Zoe to get her to take it. Well, Zoe is closer to like the tank of liquid that that is like the brain juice that are, that are like powering the crotons. Fair point. She's closer to it, so he passes it to her and then he just like acts like a bumbling idiot. For a while to try and distract them while she pours in the acid. Fair point, fair point. Counterpoint. It's like maybe two feet (laughs) difference. (laughs) And the doctor walks back and forth quite a bit. Also, the crotons don't really ever appear to notice anything. Not really. They clearly need help looking around and shooting. (laughs) So Uh, so again, what stops anyone from doing anything to the crotons? (laughs) Uh, but anyways, so they put the poison in the tank and then they have to like wait for it to work. But the crotons want them to put on these like little helmet things so they can kill them basically. And they just drag their feet doing it and it's really fucking obnoxious. Yeah, they they have the helmets. It's like part of the, it's like the piloting system. And they're like, oh, you put it on like this? No, you put it on like this? No. And it's just, whoops, I dropped it. Whoa, they're just doing this. This Three Stooges routine, trying to <laughs> trying to buy some time. <laughs> and the Crotons are like, just put the helmet on, or we'll disintegrate you. And the Doctor's all like, oh, but you can't disintegrate me. You need me to pilot your fancy ship. Yeah, exactly. All of their threats are just, like, so fucking empty. It's like, <laughs> you, you literally can't do anything to us. Otherwise, you're not getting off this ship. So I guess you're going to have to deal with our wacky antics. And then they die. <laughs> And Jamie does something this episode. Like, I remember Jamie jamming a rock into, like, one of the little crevices on the cr- Croton ship. 
I cannot for the life of me remember what he actually did to impact this episode, though. I don't remember either. I did come to a realization in this episode that it makes sense that they're dealing with nothing but stupid gons the entire time is because all of the smart ones have already been sacrificed, which really, 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 really does not paint Beta with a whole lot of confidence as the scientist. Like, I'm not sure I trust this acid that he made. (laughs) Listen, a C is passing. He's a C plus chemist. Uh, yeah, and then they just fuck off. That's pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they do. The doctor literally notes, I'm going to leave before they ask me to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Which I respect. <laughs> oh, doctor, your A-committal antics. They never get old. <laughs> but I'm, I'm done with my notes if we'd like to go into trivia. Yeah, let's do it. This episode has the most title drops than any other episode in the entire series at 72 times. The phrase, the Crotons, was said. <laughs> I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, how many times are you going to be like, this is the desolation of the Daleks? Well, it's funny because, like, that means that the Crotons was said more than the Daleks. And the Daleks refer to themselves in the third person. <laughs> the director, David Maloney, called the story complete disaster, and he felt that it was his fault. Fraser Hines also did not care for it, and the script editor, Terrence Dix, felt that it worked as a story, but not so much as a monster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's so funny, because like, taking out the bad Croton design, I actually think structurally and story-wise, it's one of the better episodes. Yeah, it's not bad. Like It's all about this slave race that is just blaring... We're not going to take it anymore to these robotic overlords. And it's an interesting story. It's yeah, just that the villains don't help usher it along. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. I have a feeling that like it's not going to be in my top five or anything. But like I have a feeling that it's in like the upper half of my rankings as opposed to like smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Uh, the writer Robert Holmes, when he was creating this story... Uh, He envisioned the Crotons as, like, crystalline men, but then the costume designer, Bobby Bartlett, was like, nah, 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 let's make him robots. They're like, okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Which explains the weird crystal robot mashup. Yeah. But uh, final thoughts. It was all right. Yeah, I I would agree with um, the editor's opinion. I think it's a good story, just the Crotons suck. The idea of a civilization having to rebuild themselves despite the fact that all of their smartest keep repeatedly getting killed um, and having to unlearn what they've learned from their former masters. It's its a really good story concept. Mm-hmm. It just could have used some better villains. <laughs> yeah. The, the most unfortunate thing really is like Jamie is kind of sidelined this story, even though yeah. he just <laughs> actively makes himself be part of it. <laughs> Any other final thoughts? No, not particularly. It was fine. Does it feel like we just started? Yeah. I'm at 54 minutes right now. Yeah, so am I. And yet it feels like we just started. We just blazed through that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, like, to our credit, like, it's been a hot second since we've had a four-minute episode. Usually our four- or our four-episode one. Our four episodes are usually under an hour. I think we're just not used to it because we haven't done it in a while. (laughs) That's- that's true. We've had so many fucking- (laughs) six parters and eight parters that that four parters seem like nothing even though (laughs) yeah 
Even though when you sit down to watch the four-parter, you're like, oh, finally, it's so short. It's movie length. It's like an hour and a half long. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, the best thing you can do to support us is give us five stars and tell your friends about it. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, all the major podcast things. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter at QuickTripDW. You can follow me there too at CelebrityWriter. You can also follow Mac at MacTheMeh and check out his YouTube channel, also called MacTheMeh, where he does insightful videos about video games. And join us next time on a quick trip through space and time in which we get to finally see an enemy that we've only heard in audio form in The Seeds of Death. Yes, moisten up those pipes. Wasn't that just the sexy sound? Oh, I didn't catch it. Well, we know that Mike isn't made for uh, ASMR because, again, I did not catch it. I'm sure I will when I'm editing it, and I'm going to be like, ugh. (laughs) I was like, Caleb, why'd you get so close to do that? Um, leave that as like the tidbit at the end. I might. (laughs)